We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, 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 you beautiful people, to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today, we have my boy, Kenny Spence, co-host of Pre-Gaming. What's up, Kenny? What's up, man? What's going on? I, I didn't know what we were talking about today until I saw the little tweet. I'm excited to get into that stuff, stuff I've been wanting to talk about it anyway, but anyway, how's you doing? I don't know. Chat's calling me as awkward as I was at the wedding. I felt like I wasn't awkward at the wedding. I felt like I had a, <laughs> I felt like I had a good time. We we saw the spin. You were the opposite of awkward at the way. I felt I was drinking. I was talking to my friends. I was uh, I was dancing. I was uh, having a great time. I I I disagree. I disagree with you. Uh, Falls nine one one zero. It's the most internet phrase of it. Well, welcome to the show. Yeah, Kenny had no idea we were talking about. I kind of decided a little bit before today was going to be more of a thought about talking about the deadline and kind of looming and everything, but. You know, guys, I got to thinking. And by the way, I don't say this enough, but shout out to Blue Wire. That's our mm-hmm. that's our home network, man. That that makes all this possible. Shout out to Blue Wire. Shout out to all the people behind the scenes that make it work. You know, Ty over at the Gyro Step does so much for our organization and good good dude. So many people um, that that kind of make this possible. So shout out to Blue Wire and uh, all my teammates over there uh again we don't we don't say that enough i think that sometimes it feels like we're not even a part of them because we just really do our own shit but just they're so uh there's hands off in such a great way and they let us be us and i can't appreciate that more so just a little shout out um a little shout out to them so uh yeah i i wanted to talk kenny bro and i think we've talked about this a lot like ourselves and in our group chat but Mm-hmm. It's just something I've thought a lot about lately, and, and it's funny. So I, I had a tweet today. I'm a, I'm gonna read it on air at my in my favorite segment, uh, reading from Twitter. Uh, so I I tweeted out. People aren't Heat fans anymore. They just want to be right and like certain players. It's just agenda Twitter everywhere. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people interpreted that as me defending Kyle Lowry, which is incredibly funny considering what I'm saying, right? 
in reality, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it was a response to I saw people trashing Tyler for a bad game, and I saw other people saying that Bam isn't good enough on defense, and that's kind of where that started. And it's it's people that historically don't like those players, and yeah, and you made the face, and it's how I made the face. And in addition to all the Kyle stuff, like they lose yesterday against the Hawks, and I don't say this often, but I implore you guys to check out the the post game show I did. I thought it was a it was one of my favorite games of the season in kind of like a in kind of like a macro and micro of like what I think that he could be and what they are and I thought I did a I thought I did a decent job of breaking it down so check out that post game show because I think that that game is indicative of a lot of good and bad of Miami but like Kenny after that game man a lot of people were in my mentions like like saying blaming Kyle Lowry or it's like who didn't play yeah and I was like what they're like. I don't, I don't understand that. Or other people asking me, legitimate people, Kenny, in my life or on Twitter or in chat saying, are you happy that they lost with Gabe starting so that it, it kind of submits? What, what kind of shit? Like, that's where we are as a fan base. Yeah, it's um, – I don't know if you were done talking, by the way. No, but... I, I am. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to ramble. But – yeah, so for me, and if anybody who's tuned in last season and this season, my two years here, there's a huge difference in the way I interact with fans. Um, I did a lot of debating back and forth last season. Now I just don't. I have everybody blocked and muted pretty much. It's just, it's just because it's it's exhausting. It's just what I realized last season when I stopped caring is that this all stems from the Hassan days, in which Hassan did a lot of stuff to, like, to deserve a lot of criticism. But once he left, for some reason, there was this, this void people feel like they have to fill. And so Hassan leaves, and now Kendrick Nunn's the target. And then next season, Duncan Robinson's the target. And this season, it's Max at times. It was Tyler, and he started, he started playing too well. the only target that deserves it because yeah. he was mean to us. And it's Kyle a lot this season. And it's just like, I don't think people are it's taking Max a step back. Sometimes. It's just, it's Max yeah. sometimes. And, for me, it's just I think people are leaving out a lot of what's happening on the court to just push certain things they want to say or trying to be like other Twitter personalities who are trolling for most times. I'm, this is not an attack on him, so I can say the name. I, um, Just by mistake, Chef Trudy has a lot of sons, and I would assume he doesn't even like that and finds it weird, but it's just people are just doing too much. But you know, the thing just with, not, not enjoying the, the game. The thing with Trilly is that I don't doubt that, like, you know, it, it's not like, you know, people ask me, like, would you rather the team lose without Lowry? Like, Trilly just wants the team to win. And, like, you yeah, know, he, and, he's, and he's joking a lot of times. Yeah, he's joking and he's a fan, but there's like legitimate yeah. people that, that just, you know what I mean? And they, like, during, and I really think that happened during the Hassan days. And there were people like, legit, yeah. like, that was their guy. And he was very divisive in the fan base. Mm -hmm. Not early. Early, we loved him. Everybody loved us mm -hmm. on early. By the way, shout out to Ryan Spravero, who said the Kenny G show. Uh, that's <laughs> fucking fantastic. Um, and I, I think it kind of started there because, you know, when Bam kind of came into the picture and more kind of when he started to do the more Hassani things, you know, it's always mm -hmm. fun in games when somebody kind of breaks out and you can make excuses for like kind of some of their faults. But, you know, then it, it gets to a point that, you you know, that, that people take sides and stuff like that. And that's just kind of, it, it feels like that's where we are with, with the fan base. It feels like everyone's always fighting and no one, like no one loves everyone on the team. People love yeah. their guys. 
and certain guys they don't like, right? So it's like, I don't like Max, so like I want X, Y, and Z to happen, or like I don't like Kyle, and I my name is hashtag trade Kyle Lowry, or it's you know it's yeah, that it's stuff like, is so corny. It's stuff like <laughs> that, or it's like wave, you know, and it it goes for everybody because there's a. Uh, there's stuff about Jimmy. There's stuff about... I think Jimmy gets it the least because, I mean, he obviously has franchise player cachet. And I think Bam has started to escape that a bit. I think mm-hmm. he's kind of playing his way out of that. But I still think, you know, if I, we need not turn to the Milwaukee Bucks playoffs but he looked bad, what the conversations were and kind of how everybody was. And I'm not... Kenny, I don't think... I don't think it's for fans that shouldn't be critical of players because I think mm-hmm. obviously like, you know, we should be like, I'm critical of Kyle. Like, I think that he yeah. should do more sometimes. And I think, you know, and I, I like, you know, or I think when Tyler, you know, isn't shooting that well, I think you do a good job of, you know, saying, uh, even though, bro, you stand a lot, but I, I think, you know, you kind of like, Hey man, like maybe that was the best move or whatever. And I just mm-hmm. think that we, you know, it's getting to the point that, it's it's a it's like clicks. You know what I mean? Like I like these dudes. I don't like these dudes. I actively mm-hmm. root for these dudes to fail, and it's okay to not like dudes. But I genuinely feel like it's getting to. I want these dudes to fail, or I am happy yeah, and, when these dudes fail because I can tweet about them being bad. Yeah, and it's, it's just and what it comes down to is most people don't know what they're watching. And so they just latch on to these things they said months ago just to try to they're not securing their knowledge of the game, which they typically don't have much of anyway. And but so when something does happen that may favor something they said a while ago, they want to be able to say, hey, I was right. Look at what I said. And so as far as the players, um, fans being divided, um, I've noticed also. And I don't even really, really defend Tyler as much anymore because, one, the people who love Victor Oladipo and hate Tyler, th- th- that Venn diagram is a circle. And I don't I don't really understand why they have to be against each other. Um, the Max stuff, I don't really get that either. It's Gabe versus Kyle now. And it, it's never just, hey, this guy's playing well. Let's compliment him on playing well. Or when a guy is struggling, say he yeah, he's struggling with this, but we know what he's capable of. It's all just extremes to – I think to get attention, just based on previous takes, and I just don't understand that because me personally, my takes, quote unquote, which I don't give a bunch of, it changes based on what I see. But what happens is when people don't know what they're watching, it's difficult to really like. They, there's still people saying um, Tyler doesn't compete on defense. There's still people saying um, just stuff about how it doesn't exist anymore. There there's still are people, people saying that don't even watch. All the games that are saying these things. Yeah, there's people still saying Bam's not aggressive at times. It's there's just... people that legit admit to not watching the games and saying that. And that's kind yeah. of that's the that's the shit I'm talking about. Like that's where that's where it is. And like Frankie's in chat making jokes. Crab is in chat making jokes. It's okay to admit the fans are smarter than Smoke sometimes, I promise. This is a rocket science. <laughs> Lowry's no good. I've been saying it for years. It's time for Bam to shoot five threes a game. The season will remain an unmitigated unmitigated catastrophe until he does so. I like what Ryan Spravero said. He says people don't understand how how hard it is to just bounce back from the tail end of the big three, lack of picks were sent to bird rights and for an expected departure of LeBron to be where we now is immensely hard. And that's another thing that I think we could get to on the back end about like kind of winning is all. And I think part of that is on the heat as well. Uh, but we can, we can get into that later. I want to, yeah. I kind of want to stay here for well, a bit. 
I don't know about that either because last season when the Heat were dominated, we were dealing with the same stuff. I just I think it's just people. I, I, it's, it's just people having takes and wanting to look a lot smarter than they are. And I have people so, saying, Kenny, it's like, oh well, you know, I I'm not allowed to like not like this guy, and I'm, I'm and that's not what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can not like whoever you don't like. But like but, some people's whole personality is like anti this guy, and that's the stuff that I'm like I see that so often now. And I don't get that because it used to be like everyone's everyone's name was Wade Lifer three hundred five, right? Yeah, it, it, it was Heat not, and Heat fans gone. against everybody. That's gone. That's gone. <laughs> it was now. It's remember different. the Big Three era. It's yeah, different. it was. It was us against whatever fan base when the Heat when the Heat were this hated team. It was us against every fan, every player, every analyst who didn't like the Heat. Now it's just a bunch of infighting based on stuff that doesn't matter. And this is funny coming from the guy whose name is Kyle Lowry Apologist, which is supposed <laughs> to be a joke. So sometimes it's Kyle Lowry Lifer, but for the most part, it's Kyle Lowry Apologist. And I change it depending on how well he's playing. So it's like when he's playing bad, it's Kyle Lowry Apologist, which started off, I don't know if for people that know, he played you know their classic Raptors game. I, I He's been my favorite player for a long time. And uh, when they played the Magic in the first game of, like, a playoff, he, like, had no points and they lost. And everyone talked about how bad he was. And then I changed my name to Kyle Lowry Apologist. And then it just kind of stayed that way. And then they won the title and he played really good and all that stuff. So it's funny because even like that and people are going to – I got sent a lot of Kyle Lowry gifts. And I was like, well, that name's a joke. It comes from from spoofing stuff. And it's also, like, being an apologist for a player that's not playing well is, like, kind of funny in my opinion, whatever. But – yeah, Kenny, I just think that that's where we are. And I think it's okay to have, like, guys. I just think it's, like, it's – and I'm guilty of it, too. But I, I just think it just kind of gets ingrained in people's like, online personality. And I think it's a very, like, NBA Twitter thing to talk about. But I just do think that, like, kind of, like, having these guys creates this bit or creates this personality. And it's, like, people latch on to that. And that's, like, mm-hmm. I'm, like, I don't I don't know. Which I also think in turn kind of fosters more hate because you see like more negativity and more hate towards certain guys. So that kind of gets inflamed and the more neutral people are like, yeah, yeah. And you just, you know what I mean? It's kind of just like this, mm-hmm. like, you know, imitation without origin. Yeah. Shout out to Judith Butler. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of like what I'm seeing. Yeah, it's, it's just I wish one and I don't want to harp on fans too much. So I'm going to say this one thing and I'm going to just pivot to something else, but it's just one people don't watch other teams. And so when a guy has a bad game, um, it's like a, this foreign thing, like a good player had a bad game. He must be a bad player. But really that happens all the time. And there's that. And there's just, just keep coming back to it. Just people really don't know what they're watching. I I, I think, so, I think that's a part of it. And I think that fans mm-hmm. don't, and I'm not saying that, and I've talked about this with Tiff a lot. I don't think fans have to understand the salary cap. Like that's no. an unreasonable thing to say, but people just say just straight up wrong shit. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? About what's happening or we need to get rid of this guy so we can get help. And it's like, well, it's not that easy. And I think if you're mm-hmm. going to be so loud and complaining about stuff like that, you should like there was a guy in my mentions complaining about about Kyle and I said, "Do you know that if they amnestied Kyle tomorrow, they still wouldn't have cap space to do anything?" Yeah. And they're and so, not and, going to until like yeah. 2025 because Jimmy, yeah. Tyler, and Bam 
have very big extensions. And you know what? You can't be. You can't be the organization to not give Bam the extension that he wants. You cannot be the organization that doesn't give Jimmy the extension that he wants. And frankly, we some of us may not like the Tyler deal. He's playing very well. And that guy, you don't want that guy mad at you. And you don't want that guy leaving you for nothing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Right. You don't. And, and to, to the Kyle contract stuff, and I'll pivot away from fans and kind of just like mention this stuff because I do see that all the time. Kyle's making 30 million, Kyle's making 30 million, but there's so much context around that contract that people either forget or choose to forget. So I'll kind of explain. So one, if you remember, the Pelicans cleared up a bunch of space to get Kyle that summer. And that's coming off the 2021 finals where he couldn't get any my finals playoffs, yeah. but he couldn't get anything done in the offense. And they just they needed a point guard so bad because they understood Kendrick Nunn wasn't that. And, and, and let's was getting not older. forget, Gogi looked cooked. Yeah, he looked very bad that season for the most part. And so their, their desperate, desperate need was a point guard. And you have Jimmy's best friend who was also the best free agent that season. People have the fantasy about Lonzo Ball, but Lonzo Ball, if you remember – the Bulls got in trouble for tampering the he same time. He has not been healthy. Yeah. He has also and not he, been and healthy. He had, and he had already made his decision. The Bulls got in trouble for that. And he listen, made Kenny, if so, they got Lonzo for like, I don't know, 20-something mil, in 20, low 20s, that's probably mm-hmm. great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think they're the one seed last year. And without home court, I don't really know if they go far. Right. But I'm sure that that's a good move. I mean, you know, you can't predict the injury stuff. But I don't think, you know, I don't think anyone reasonable would say, oh, well, they would suck. But clearly, like, we're, you know, and I don't want this 
podcast to read as me defending Lowry publicly because I don't want I don't that's not what I want. But well, you brought well, up I, I, the, I, I, yeah, you brought yeah. up the 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 yeah. And I'm not really defending Kyle either. It's just I'm providing the context that's getting thrown out. So there's all that stuff. And also, like I said, there was a desperate need for a point guard. Now, with Bam's development as a self-creator, with Tyler's development as a creator for others, um, with Victor Oladipo being seemingly fully healthy, there's not as much of a need for what Kyle does. So he's off the ball a lot more, and he's adjusting to that. So it does look bad at times. But at the end of the day, that has nothing to do with the contract he already got paid. A year and a half ago, it's just and it's so, not super it's, preventative. I think it, yeah. in conjunction with Duncan's, is making it preventative. But even if you take both of those off the books, you only have like seventeen-ish mm-hmm. million dollars in space, yeah. and that's just not really enough to make like the kind of splash that you want, right? Because you mm-hmm. know you can't when you sign a guy, you can't go over the cap unless it's a sign right. and trade, and that makes it more complicated because now you need salaries and stuff going out, and it, it makes it it makes things more difficult. Mm-hmm. And the Heat have generally liked to operate as an over the cap team because it, it just makes more sense given kind of their yeah. extensions and stuff like that. So and again, I don't think fans should have to like know all that, but you know, yeah, it's they just, know that. But but to the Kyle point and to the Duncan point, um, Duncan was coming off of two historic seasons, and so. That deal, deals are based on what guys do leading up to that and what the market is. And so teams were going to pay Kyle the max and give him those years. Kyle, because did, not get, at, Kyle, at, Kyle did not get the max. Not even the max, but yeah. but teams were, teams were offering him the max, so he took less money to come here because he wanted more years. And that's you have to do that in that situation. With Duncan, he, he came off this historic stuff. Um, this these two historic seasons. Duncan he, was also they had they had his bird rights. Yeah, they had his bird rights. Yeah, he was not. And so it didn't really cost him anything. Correct. And so these two contracts that seem that are seemingly problematic at the time they were signed, they weren't. Well, the Duncan contract, I think, I, I do think the Duncan contract is fair to say that was a mistake. And I under, but you can also defend and, the signing yeah. because you don't want him to leave for nothing, and mm-hmm. you could say you should have traded him that year. They thought, and listen, that twenty one season was a season from hell. But I think all of that was a COVID year where they were very, very injured and very, very sick. And you kind of talked yourself into, well, we beat the Bucks so convincingly that mm-hmm. I think we could do it again. And if once you beat the Bucks, now you have that really favorable bracket. And I don't blame them for thinking that. I don't blame them for being a little bit presumptuous after their 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 run. Clearly, they were right about how good this team is because this team has made the finals and made the conference finals within you know a season of each other. So it's not like this build is like incapable of working and it was fluky because of a bubble. So I understand their decision. In hindsight, it's right. You should have probably tried to move Duncan for stuff. That's not something that they normally do. So I I mm-hmm. defend the I defend the signing. And I think kind of complaining about it is annoying, but yeah. I I think it was you know obviously in hindsight it's a mistake to be having that contract rot on your bench, but that contract suddenly becomes yeah. fun when you can move it for something good. Maybe they don't. Yeah, and- I don't know, but I will say something, Kenny. I'll let you go. Yeah. All those James Johnson, Dion Kelly, all those guys that they said Hassan, that all those contracts got moved. Yeah, for stuff that they, as as they, as for as they, stuff yeah, that helped they, them. Mm-hmm. So I that's all I will say, except yeah. uh, except uh, Tyler Johnson got moved for Ryan Anderson. That was the only contract that wasn't moved for something that could help them. And I'm not not you know not to make this I was right because I've been complaining about people saying that I was right. <laughs> but y'all fucking killed me for hating that. 
Uh, but that, yeah, that Ryan Anderson stretch provision killed them. And they might have to do that again with Duncan. That might be the deal for Duncan might be swapping him for a similar contract that ends a little bit sooner and then wave and stretch to create enough cap space to do something. That might be what they have to do at some point, but it is what it is. Well, go ahead. Yeah. And so, and I don't want to like keep harping on fans and stuff. So I'll just like kind of share my approach to stuff. I just like to look at things from as wide of a lens as possible and as and with as much context as possible. And so I understand. I get this bad, not even a bad rap. I, I have a reputation for being defensive of guys or whatever it is, but I just don't leave context out. And so with Kyle and his contract, I understand the circumstances behind it. And so I'm not mad at it. And with certain guys' play, I understand certain things happen sometimes. I'm looking at why these guys may be playing a certain way. And there's usually an answer right there in front of us. We just have to look at it. And so I don't want to, like, talk about the fans too much. I'll just say that there are things with all the stuff people complain about that are you can easily see and understand why it's happening. I think like, the, Heat are, the Heat are not a dumb organization. They're not. And I think people think that they are. And the Riley falling asleep with the wheel jokes are really funny. But, uh, you know... In, in reality, you know, they're they're pretty good at what they do. Um, mm-hmm. So I can answer a couple questions in chat. Killard says all that may be true, but in reality, Kyle hasn't lived up to the to the expectations what he was paid for. Uh, I think this season you're correct. Yeah. I think this season you're right. But I think last season he he was, you know, as advertised. And that's and- kind of what I thought he would give you. And, and he gave it to them and uh, down to the kind of streaky shooting. And, you know, uh, it was a little better than I thought. But like so. I and so I'm sorry to cut you off, uh, but yeah, just for me, like the living up, I don't really get into the living up to the contract stuff because again, I, contracts are based on it, it's based on the market and what they did before. I understand you it can't, Hassan, you can't though, really, Kenny, yeah, because like, and that's mm-hmm. why, like, I think a lot of this started Hassan because like Hassan's contract like really was he was signed into cap space, and that was just a huge fucking co- they were in cap hell because of Hassan mm-hmm. and those other guys. They're in cap hell because of their good players. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like these yeah. other guys aren't the reasons why their cap is so fucked up. It's everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even with Hassan, you got to remember, he was a top free agent that season. He wasn't the top Kevin Durant was, but he was a major, major deal that summer. No, and no, I'm, I don't I, think too I, many yeah. people. But we can yeah, say I, in I hindsight how it deals a mistake. Yeah. Like we yeah, could, we could defend yeah. it at the time, and then we can also look back and say, yeah, that. And and by the way, Hassan's Hassan ended up getting traded for my, for redacted and for Mo Harkless, and then Mo mm-hmm. Harkless was moved with a first round pick to the Clippers, and that first round pick that the Clippers got from us was one of the, the the ones in the Paul George trade. And that's the first round pick that has really fucked Miami's. So like sometimes those bad deals that you move, fuck you over later. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but the, the, the thing I'm saying is um, looking at players contracts and how they're living up to a quote unquote in hindsight just doesn't make a ton of sense to me because that's just not what they're bait with their sign based on. It's based like you can't go into negotiations like you know what I'm gonna lowball you because I think the season after next you may not play that well, especially in a situation like Kyle's where you desperately need somebody at that position. You don't. Nobody goes into negotiations like that. I don't. And and so I don't, yeah, no, I, yeah. It's 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 not something I really like. I think Tyler gets right. killed a lot on the timeline. I think that I and I, I think he yeah, like he deserves kind of heat sometimes. But I also think that like people just relish in kind of his demise, and they just don't like him. Yeah. And 
I, and I get looked at as like the Tyler defender, or whatever it is. And I'm, I this, this show really does us. read at us. This, you know, this show started as like, and it just, it just devolved into us defending our guys. This is not well, the no, no, no. Because by so, the way, uh, Kenny, I'm gonna let well, you go, but I want to clarify something. Hmm? If they have to trade Kyle, and if it makes them better, I'm for it. And I even told Hot Take Harry on the timeline, if you can move Kyle for two wings that are good and that could help you. I think 100% you do that as long as it doesn't kind of mm-hmm. compromise your cap space in uh, past Jimmy's extension because Kyle's ex- contract expires when Jimmy's extension hits, and that's the Supermax extension. With that, you don't want to get too close to the hard cap because that really prevents you from doing anything at all. So, you know, they're very careful with that. So if you can move if you can move him for some wings to give you flexibility, I'm for it. I just wanted to clarify because I, I – I, go yeah. ahead, Kenny. No, no. I, I think – and I wouldn't even necessarily – Call Tyler or anybody my guy. I just, He's your guy. I did, well, no, because remember, if you remember, like before I stopped interacting with Heat Twitter, um, I defended Bam a ton too. I defended Jimmy a ton. I defended a bunch of people a ton. But what happens with Tyler is he just gets so much that's pretty unjustified. Even if you remember, like people were mad at him for getting his girlfriend pregnant, like weird shit like that. He he just gets some of the dumbest criticisms I've seen. Um. I saw another guy. I don't. I don't remember who this was, so I'm not calling him out. But I saw another guy like saying we shouldn't really give him too much credit for his rebounds on on defense. That don't really lead to anything. And it's just like it's stuff like that where I just have to be like, okay, what are we talking about at this point? And so I want, like I said, I wouldn't necessarily call Tyler my guy. I defend a lot of people that way. It's just that he just gets a bunch of heat that I don't think is really deserved. Max gets it, and and like you know, I was I hung out with Tiff. Uh, over the weekend mm-hmm. had a great time shout out to tiff uh and tiff is like you know like max's minute total it's like 41 42 43 like he's played like yeah. a, he plays a lot of minutes lately because like he's their only shooter so and also you know he i think you can look at this mm-hmm. i i haven't double checked the, the numbers but it feels like he just gets a ball like at a lot of late clock situations mm-hmm. which just typically aren't gonna produce the best kinds of looks especially kind of in a in a frenzy the way that they are so you know, that, mm-hmm. that, and in addition to him having to play a little bit bigger. And so there's like a lot of factors that contribute to guys not playing well. And I just, you know, we just don't take a lot of that into account. And again, I don't think mm-hmm. fancy to be like these ultra perspective people, but man, if you're just going to make your whole personality, just shitting on dudes, like at least like to it, it, to yes, understand, man. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Max is a great example because I was, Bro, also, you just straight up said person. you hated that dude. <laughs> I said that in a chat. Thanks for publicizing that. Oh, but, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but, shit. But no, but no, but shortly after that, maybe the same night actually, I started to tweet out, like, you know what? Max is being asked to do a lot. He's playing a ton of minutes. Um, he's guarding up a bunch of stuff he's not supposed to be doing. His legs are probably jello at this point. I understand why he's in this slump. Kenny, let's be and honest so, too. They yeah. fucking suck. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, they're not good enough that we got to like, oh, poor baby. I think they deserve criticism, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, like, criticism is fine. Exactly. But there's a difference between criticism and just going overboard. There's people adding players and like making sure they see it and it's stuff like that. That's just taking it too far. Criticism, yes. But it's just, it's, it's. Sometimes it's not even criticism because you're not even watching the games and you're saying incorrect stuff. It's just pure hate. And that is dumb to me. I really think this started with Hassan. 
And I think mm-hmm. that kind of the people on one side of that extreme were very vocal and the people on the other side were very vocal. And he was a very divisive player. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of where things started to fracture. Because like even guys like Gogi who were here before him, you know, he is just universally loved, right? Even if Goran wasn't mm-hmm. playing well, nobody cared. Um, yeah. And I think Dwayne leaving kind of changed people's perspectives as well because like that was kind of the – he was a great unifier. Except like, yeah. you know, Nikias wrote the article why I hate Dwayne Wade. Uh <laughs> which is kind of a misleading headline, but a good, a very good article. Um, but you know what I mean? Like he was kind of the great uniter and, and that's gone. And, and Jimmy's kind of that guy, but Jimmy's, you know, Jimmy's, Jimmy's no Dwayne. And yeah. He'll never be another Dwayne. Happy birthday, Dwayne, by the way, we're going to talk. Oh about yeah, our, of course. And end the show talking about our favorite Dwayne Wade moments. But before quick, I wanted to transition, uh, Kenny real quick. And, and the point I wanted to make earlier, Kenny, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this was, I think that people have this expectation of like, if they're not winning a title, then it's a failure. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think my, I think the heat organization instilled that and Jack, uh, former host of the weird out pre show <laughs> WAP, you saw, you, he'll say that every time he's like, well, the organization is the one that said Riley's the one that says there's winning and there's misery. This is a self-inflicted mm-hmm. wound that they have created because of the standard that they want to hold themselves to. And I a hundred percent understand that. And also, it's just created this mentality of like, these. If they don't win a title, these years still matter. And the the kind of like, you know, you you can sign a guy to a bad deal. Like if they have to, like if they're paying Jimmy sixty million dollars by the end of that, and you got to watch that, bro. That's your guy. That's Jimmy Butler. Like I wish they had given Dwayne the Kobe deal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I didn't want Dwayne to leave. And I think that sometimes we get wrapped up in like winning is everything that the kind of sports are a lot of times about community. And I think, you know, and I've Mm -hmm. learned this doing other social media and other platforms, like more kind of sprawled out things. Sports Twitter is very unique because a lot of the people that you interact with live near you. That's not normal online or in community spaces and just Mm -hmm. general fans and all that. So like, these are things that we do to love that are passed down from our parents that sometimes we want to pass down to our kids, to our nephews, to our loved ones. If you date somebody, you want to take them to games or stuff like that. Like these are things that we do together. And it's not only about winning. It's about, it's about loving. And this is like so mm-hmm. fucking corny Saturday <laughs> afternoon shit. But like, I think it's appropriate on Dwayne Wade's birthday that mm-hmm. we love that guy. Yeah. Kenny, you know the city doesn't love anything like they love. Is he the most beloved figure in the history of this city? Absolutely. And I remember the the Dan Marino days. Not when he was playing, but I remember before <laughs> Dwayne. <laughs> Kenny like, Spence, I, I was when he 55 years old. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was real young when he retired. I don't remember his playing days, but I do remember between 99 and, and he went to high school which is five <laughs> but no i, I, I remember um when dan marino was this retired athlete and before Dwayne Wade came where it was still dan marino city dan marino was on all the commercials and all this stuff and miami is still a football city Dwayne, like and i remember going going into 05 06 it just felt, you felt the shift in the city We're like all right it's Dwayne Wade's town now before they won the championship and those are some great moments. And so I say all that to say, no, um, nobody um, is loving the like Dwayne Wade in like, any in any genre of anything. Kenny, you know what my favorite Heat team is ever? The 9 I think I know this. Like, yeah. The 9 The Quinn Richardson team. Yeah. That team that didn't do jack shit, they lost in five to the Celtics. And mm-hmm. one of my favorite 
sports games ever was Dwayne's game five against Boston, where he just hit a bunch of threes and started yelling at his hand and totally yeah. traveled, stepping back off a of Joel Anthony offensive rebound. <laughs> like, I love that game. And that team mm-hmm. wasn't playing for anything. That team literally was, hey, let's wait and let's wait for 2010. Those dudes, Rich was signed to like a one year deal. Like, all these mm-hmm. dudes were fucking here to leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, actually, oh, go ahead, go ahead, finish. No, no, go. So actually, what's interesting is because I, I watch, I consume nothing but basketball content pretty much. So they actually asked Quentin Richardson to come back. They did. Uh, he, he, I talked to him on uh, Five Reasons a long time ago when I co-hosted with Ethan, and yeah, but he uh, he was yeah. offered more by the Magic. They offered him like, I mean, they, uh, I think it was more years. And they, they, they didn't have, they didn't have the more years because they gave the MLE yeah. to Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. But yeah, man, I think my favorite team is 06. He regrets it, by the way. The, he he said he wished he had stayed here. He said, I would have gotten so many open shots. He's like, I should have. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just, they, Dwayne Wade, Wade gave us so many great moments. And I'm thankful that I started watching basketball the year before he was drafted. So I watched the entire thing come. Like, I remember him, and I should not admit this on a Heat platform, but I remember. <laughs> Like watching a draft, being ten years old, I really wanted TJ Ford, <laughs> and they and they drafted Dwayne, and I was like, Riley wanted Cayman. Uh, thank God that didn't happen. Thank but God. I really like they drafted Dwayne. I was like, uh, I didn't understand it because they had Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones coming off of eighteen points per game. I was, I was looking at the game that detailed already at ten years old. Like I didn't understand it, and I didn't think he could play point guard. Draft but then what happened me. is, <laughs> but what happened is. They showed a little draft comparison, and they said Steve Francis. I was like, you know what I meant, and that, that was I. That's I, a I polarizing was polarizing player nowadays, Kenny. <laughs> he shouldn't be. Steve Francis was great, but I was disappointed in the way draft pick for all of fifteen seconds, and then I was excited about it. Though that guy, I, I've talked about this a lot. Like they, that's the only person that's made Miami on time to anything was his last game. <laughs> you know, they tried to trick us, and I still remember uh, his first his first game back as a bull. Uh, it was a mm-hmm. really weird day because it was the day after Trump got elected. So it was like a very weird vibe in the city. And just in general, I think it was just a very weird vibe for a lot of people. And I, I just remember that arena was just filled with people fucking crying when that guy came out. Like this man that none of us know meant so much. <laughs> Bro, you, you, Kenny, we grew up with that guy. Like not yeah. just like we grew up watching him. Like that is a person that that's a man that grew up before our eyes. And we grew yeah. up alongside of him. We saw that man go through the most messy public divorce, all the horrible things. It's to, to becoming a, a great father, uh, an, a, an advocate for, you know, the disenfranchised for black lives, for trans lives, for so many, like we've seen this, like, mm-hmm. in, like as we're growing up, like Kenny, I'm 30. You know what I mean? It's like, what Dwayne's mm-hmm. like 10 years older than me. You know, like I, we have, I've grown up alongside this person. And it, it was uh, such a unique experience to have that. I, I, I don't think we think about enough or we appreciate enough. Yeah, it's in, it's amazing. Yeah, and like, so the thing, like he he got drafted when I was ten, and he retired when I was twenty six, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like we really did grow up with this guy, like go, like from childhood idol like stuff. And so it's just Dwayne means the world to Miami and Heat fans and all that stuff. It's just it's. It was great to like see him be. It's always good to see him celebrated, but especially today, like I didn't know his birthday was coming up. I, I, I feel just like got he got it a little and... more today than he has in a long time. Yeah, I feel like today's yeah. felt a little different, which I'm glad 
because he mm-hmm. uh he deserves it. Last thing I'll say, and then we'll get to our favorite Dwayne moments. Um, we were gonna talk mm-hmm. deadline, but we're running out of time, and I, I I'd rather celebrate Dwayne than talk about mm-hmm. the trade deadline. Um, I, I can I think you could probably provide a unique uh, ex, uh, like analog or or, or like co- commentary on this because you know you know you're not Hispanic, right? You are you're like right. a black man that grew up in in Miami. And a lot of Hispanic people, you know, largely Cuban people, like gravitated to football. And I know that a lot of, you know, family or other Hispanic people gravitated to football partly because A was the big fish in town, and B because it was it was the easiest way to assimilate into American culture. You know, I think, and especially like white Americans at the time, because in the '80s when all this happened, the NBA was just starting to kind of come back. You know, remember they were coming off of tape delay in the in the '70s, right? You know, all, all the, 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 the problems that the NBA faced, but, you know, the NFL was and college football was always king and kind of like Hispanics would kind of gravitate toward football and baseball kind of as a, as a simulation to to this new culture. Right. And I think our generation in Miami, you know, like most of our parents didn't like basketball, like right. parents that came from other countries, like didn't like basketball. Mm-hmm. Like my dad never watched basketball a day in his life. You know what I mean? Like basketball was something yeah. that. I found and I loved, right, because of Dwayne. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a – I'm curious as like how, how you feel about that because I feel like for young Hispanics, like that was a very unique thing that this person made this thing matter to me and I was the first generation that that mattered in that way. Yeah. And so sort of similar like in my – so in my situation, um, my dad likes basketball somewhat. But he was 12 years old when the Dolphins went undefeated. And so <laughs> Big Three era, if, if they're playing on a Sunday when the Dolphins are playing, he's watching the Dolphins. There's no questions asked about it. But for me, I liked football and basketball. I like basketball a little more. But what happened is um, the Heat traded for Shaq. And then two weeks later, Ricky Williams randomly left the NFL. And so it's, it, people don't don't remember that's those things happened two weeks apart. That's crazy. <laughs> so I, did, I did not know that. Yeah, that happened two weeks apart, and so it's difficult for me being kind of on offensive, like stick with football. Ricky came back, series. right? Ricky came back when they had. He, he when, came back in like oh nine or something. Yeah, they had Ronnie Brown, right? Already there was Ricky and yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. But in, but um, Shaq got traded to the Heat. I think July two thousand four nineteenth or something. Yeah, July nineteenth. Uh, I I just turned twelve. And Ricky Williams left on, and, and yeah, so I think I, I want to say July nineteenth, and Ricky Williams left on August second. So it was that close, and so I ended up choosing basketball. But the thing with Dwayne, the main thing that drew me to him was you talk about like the Hispanic experience. I'm gonna talk about the black experience. So, um, oh yeah, and that's what I want you to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, he wasn't necessarily outward. Hey, I'm this black person doing this black th- these black things for black people. But what it, it was the way he played because. When you say Miami, people from out, from out of town, they think of the beach, they can paradise, yachts, and all this stuff. Me, and that's at, not where you came from. Yeah, me at, at the time, 10, 11, 12 years old, I'm in Liberty City. And so I'm going outside, I'm not seeing that. And I'm kind of like annoyed by the perception of where we are. It's like being in, being trapped inside of a glass box. Like on when there's like these beautiful paintings on the outside of it, and like on the inside of it, it's like violence, crime, like your friends, like me. I got, I have three, 
No, I have two classmates from eighth grade who didn't make it to high school before they got killed. And I have one who didn't make it before he went to prison. I come from a very rough background in Miami. And the way Dwayne Wade played, he didn't have to say anything. It was just like all toughness. It was all, you know what? We're down right now, double digits. I got it. We're good. And so that's what resonated with me. He played like he played like the experience I was going through, if that makes sense. And so that's what resonated with me the most. It wasn't it wasn't anything he said or did. It was the way he played. And he's and I mean he obviously came from you know South Side of Chicago, and, and I know mm-hmm. he's been very candid, kind of with with kind yeah. of his life and his experiences. I mean, he talked about seeing dead bodies on the way to school while he take his you know his younger sister. It's a familiar thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a familiar thing. Um, having having to walk home from school, but having to take a detour because there is a murder scene from your on, on, at the usual spot. That's that's stuff like that that happens. And so you go home and you watch. Like I think my favorite moment. I don't know. We're gonna get to that. My favorite moment uh, yeah, well, is we, the, we, we can transition yeah. that already. Yeah. Yeah. So my favorite moment is the busted lip game. But I think that same day, somebody might've gotten killed in my building. Like it's, like it's, it's that kind of like, so these moments with Dwayne Wade are attached to like real things for me. And so that's why he means that much. It's not necessarily just basketball. It's just like, it was an escape to watch somebody play that well for your team, play that tough, represent that much and kind of escape from the stuff you're dealing with outside. I'm asking you. I'm so I, I'm asking you your favorite play. Your, is there like a single, maybe one or two of your like your favorite? So my favorite play is when he went um, behind Pavlovich's back and threw a lot to Shaq. That was sick. I, I, yeah, I, I was watching that game with with my dad and my brother. And if you remember, the commentary said Dwayne Wade was fouled, no call. And so me and my brother thought that's what happened. But, but my dad was like, "Oh!" And he threw the lob, and then we saw the replay. And me and my brother was just like stunned by he pulled it off in an NBA game. <laughs> and so, so that's my favorite way to play. What's yours? Mine's so it's tough. So there's two that there's two that comes to mind. One that's a bit of a nerd play is the block on Tyson Chandler in the finals in 2011, oh, yeah. where Dwayne mm-hmm. is trailing. You know, they run a pick and roll for Chandler, and I for, I think maybe Jason Kidd. And Chandler's kind of rolling to the rim. You know, Chandler's already at the semicircle. Dwayne is a step back. Dwayne mm-hmm. reco- Dwayne is so fast that he recovers, gets in front of Chandler at the rim, blocks him, goes coast to coast, and scores on the other end. It was the most mm-hmm. – it was like, oh, my God, this guy's better than LeBron. Right? <laughs> it was like – because they were on the same team. And one guy was a shell, and that's the kind of shit that Dwayne Wade was doing to keep them alive. Mm-hmm. And it was – it's a play that I don't think a lot of people think of and maybe most people can't visualize, but I – I, I, I saw like um, Haters versus Heats, one of the fucking best accounts out there. Mm-hmm. Check him out on IG and on Twitter, like true fucking pillar of the community. He put like a mix of like all Dwayne's like blocks and plays and shit today. And that one wasn't it. And it's like most people don't they don't think of that one. Yeah, because those finals we just try to we, we just try to. I just think about. that that's because like when you think of block, you think of the two on Lopez. You think of the one on yeah. Stottlemyre and then the the heave, which that one is. That was crazy. It's insane. That was his second year too. Uh, yeah. And then the Verizon dunk, man. Oh, or yeah. not not only the Verizon dunk. I'm cheating because I'm giving three. Uh, the layup against Detroit. You know the one. Oh, the like the weird like circus shot. One. If I if he has a statue, it has to be my house or that layup. In my opinion, yeah. it's one of those two. Yeah. That was that was the moment where I saw like some people are like, yeah, it was the 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 game against Charlotte, right? Which, by the way, I'm glad that that Tony and Eric got to call that game because that 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 made it a little yeah. more special. But 
mm-hmm. think that that layup against Detroit was when I was like, oh, we have like we have one of those, like one of those yeah. players that's gonna echo for eternity. Yeah, and that was another game. I think earlier that season, we we rattled off like twenty something points against Detroit, and I think these Detroit moments they, they kind of get lost because, and I see all the time like Man, people those, are, like, teams, those teams are fucking good. Yeah, that's that's what I was getting to. Like that, that like that team, the O four team gets referenced as like this, like the quote unquote worst championship team or whatever. Those teams were dominant. I think people don't understand. People are like, crazy. Yeah, Rip Hamilton could give you eighteen points per game. Um, Kenny, you Charles was, was one of the best point guards in the in the, in the league. Doc, you hear the ben way Wiles that was averaging four blocks a game and getting these rebounds. She, you remember Portland? She legendary. Those were very like. People don't like to think of them as that good because they sacrifice so much ben individual fucking Wallace. But those teams were insane. And so for Dwayne to have so many moments to get against them and that young is special. Kenny, do you have you heard the way like people like Steven Jackson talk about Rip Hamilton? Like yeah. how Rip will fucking grab you and like like fucking Scratch. claw your skin and mm-hmm. how these tough ass dudes hate guarding him. Mm-hmm. And guess who was Rip's assignment all the time? It was fucking Dwayne. Dwayne. Wait, it, it wasn't going to be Jason Williams. And people don't remember how much Rip Hamilton used to run and how many screens he used to run through. And for Dwayne to still have the energy to dominate offensively after chasing him around all game, it's, it's special stuff. Dwayne says he hates it. Dwayne says the two yeah. dudes I hated guarding them, that I hated guarding, it wasn't who you think. It wasn't. It was like the guy you hate guarding and the guy you hated guarding you. It wasn't fucking Kobe. It wasn't LeBron. It was Rip Hamilton and Kirk Heinrich. Yeah. Yo, Kirk Heinrich. Oh, man. Kirk, I hated Kirk so dog. much. He used, he, used to, he used to have way to torture chamber sometimes. Ben, <laughs> ben, ben Gordon, too, bro. Ben Gordon yeah. was fucking, you know, before the random scrub heat killer, there was fucking Ben Gordon against the heat, man. He used to destroy. How old man. are we? Do you think our? Do you think some people are there? People in chat no. that don't know who Ben Gordon is. That's the thing that we're like, getting that's... at that age where we're saying Rip Hamilton and Ben Gordon, and people are like, "Who?" Yeah, that's that's the thing that throws me off. I think somebody told me the other day, like they didn't really get a chance <laughs> to see Wade play in his prime, and I was like, "Whoa!" Oh, people say that about Shaq, bro. There was a there was a point at the end of Shaq's career that like people knew Shaq is like this like kind of like loafing buffoon, and I'm like, "Oh man." Mm-hmm. They don't. You have no idea. Yeah, bro. And e- even even the Heat version of Shaq, he was really good that version. People don't know. People don't remember Lakers Shaq. <laughs> I mean, even like, bro, fucking Shaq in 04 was like a second in MVP yeah. voting. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like he was he was still very good, but you want to talk Shaq about? Can you want to talk about some shit? That mm-hmm. championship team in 06 had a center rotation of Zoe and Shaq. Zoe is your backup center. Yeah, like- <laughs> Miami can't fucking live. <laughs> With their backup center. Yeah, fucking Orlando. They had Zoe. God, man. And those finals, we didn't even bring up the finals, but people don't remember. Shaq played very poorly in those finals, and that, that's when it they started to look like, you know what? Avery Johnson, yeah. Avery Johnson, you know, has talked about that he that yeah. was the plan, you know. Oh, I will say because I watched that game six recently. Shaq wasn't giving you anything on defense either. He just wasn't even trying. Shaq stopped giving you stuff. <laughs> Bro, Shaq quit on defense in the Laker years. They didn't even care. <laughs> yeah, but Alonzo Mourning, and I know it's not the Alonzo Mourning, so it's, it's, we're giving credit to Wayne Wade, but Alonzo Mourning was way more important to that championship than people give him credit for. Oh, of course. Him, UD, like, like I understand. We're on our way. We are on our way. Wade did all the scoring, but... If, if it's a Wade versus Dirk battle, I don't know if we had the same result. It was Wade it, 
and then UD and and Zoe and um and James Posey, they had Dirk in hell. That was such an old school <laughs> so, team because like those mm-hmm. dudes do all the fucking dirty work for like yeah. th- for Dwayne to shine, and they fucking mm-hmm. and you. I mean, UD would. I, I don't. I'm sure UD would commit crimes for Dwayne. Like you know what I mean? Like that's... no, he he's he said on other podcasts he's crimes have been offered to be committed. And, and UD came from the same place that Kenny did. So yeah. So hey, I think uh my my favorite Dwayne moment's kind of a, a a weird one. It's it's not one in a Heat uniform. It's it's that day he came back as a bull, which is a it's such a weird. It's that or or you know this. I feel like. You know, we've talked about all the, the stuff that he did back then, but two moments really stand out are, are for important reasons are that that game when he came back as a bull. Uh, I remember Justice had the foul. and That, that was that was fun. Um, you can tell Justice was mm-hmm. when he left. But, yeah. you know, that moment of that was a legitimate community moment where I think a lot of people needed him that day. Like I needed him that day. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that was a that was a horrible day for me. And I needed him. And he was like he was there in a super corny way the day that I needed him most and uh, providing a joy that I, that I think a lot of people needed. And, and, and that was special and mm-hmm. what he kind of had always done. And then yeah. the other and, one, uh, Oh, go ahead. The other one was, uh, no, you want, you, you want to touch on that? No, I, uh, cause I have one also. The other one was uh, his, his game back. His first game back was against the bucks. And then his second game was against the Sixers. And it was, mm-hmm. uh, it was after the Parkland shooting. When uh, when he hit the game winner over, Simmons oh yeah, oh yeah, with the with the the young man who was buried in a in a Dwayne Wade jersey, and he had the kid's name on his shoe, and mm-hmm. that guy's that guy's ours forever. I can't believe I'm crying on here talking about Dwayne, Wade. <laughs> but that guy's that guy's ours forever, man. Like I love my city, I love this community, and that guy represented what it is to be from here, even if he wasn't better mm-hmm. than anybody. And uh, that's just bigger than basketball, and that's why like. <laughs> Some shit's more important than winning, and like I think yeah. he he's why. Yeah, and so I'll I'll, I'll just walk you because you mentioned one of mine, or the one I was going to mention. I'll just walk you through this day though for me. Um, this is back when I was working retail jobs, so I had a weird schedule. I, I was off work this day, so I, I visited a friend before she went to work. I won't go into detail on that. Um, I check my phone when I'm leaving. Um, it's a trade deadline, and I have a friend who I won't get into because. I'm, I won't get into him, but <laughs> I love what you he, just he, say he, that. He's just like you detour, then you come back. No, but so he um he's a person who doesn't say much via text and over the phone. I'll put it that way. So he just he's he just I check my phone. It's a trade deadline. It just says way back to Miami. Period. <laughs> and I I think it's it's a group chat. I, th- I think it's a joke or something. Then I check. Whoa, well, said it. You know, like the Cavs traded way Give back. Give George Sedano the proper credit. That man broke the story. Yeah, well, credit to George. Credit. To I, I was I was I was busy visiting the friend I visited earlier on that day. But <laughs> um, so I I checked tickets right away. Tickets are, tickets are still cheap at the time. Because it's it, no matter of fact, it wasn't announced that he was going to play that night yet. Yes, we didn't. So, know. we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know yet. I Were bought the there? ticket just in case. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought the ticket just in case. Then they announced it; the prices skyrocketed. But I had mine secured already. So I go and remember they had like the player intro, and so I'm in the arena early. Everybody's early. Um, 
so what happens is they show little stuff in the um in the arena like before games when the team's in the tunnel so the team's in the tunnel right and <laughs> you see like in the background the back of wade's head the crowd erupted <laughs> no this city doesn't care about anything like that bro yeah the crowd erupted at the back of his head so they come they run out um to warm up crowd erupts again every way layup in warm-ups the crowd sounded like he had a game winner in the finals and so game starts he's on the bench maybe 30 seconds into the game the crowd is saying we want wade <laughs> and so um he finally walks to the scores table i grab my i got i got a video somewhere i'll put it in the chat or something i run up to as close as i can i record it um michael b announces it um says his name crowd goes crazy he goes and he gets a block and maybe he didn't do much that game he got a block huge deal and it was to a point where like you don't even remember oh they're playing against Giannis and Chris Middleton it, it just didn't matter it was Dwayne Wade's <laughs> night Wade I mean Bam was a rookie he had this crazy like catch block on I'm so glad um, that Chris Middleton with, I'm so glad he played yeah. a little bit with Dwayne that that yeah. that was important to me yeah, and it and Bam, we this whole thing like we wanted Bam to play and all that stuff. Bam had a great showing that night. That didn't even matter. It was it was Wade's night. It was Wade's night, and so that, that was, that's my favorite moment that I witnessed in person. I'm so glad I got to go to the last game that he played here against the Sixers when mm -hmm. it was just. I remember at the end of that game, it was all respect, bro. Like it was the Sixers yeah. did not even care that they were losing, and it was like mm -hmm. Jimmy recognized this moment for his friend and just. Dwayne coming down, just shooting. It didn't feel – Kenny, it felt so weird because that game mattered for Miami for seeding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and the They Brooklyn, missed the playoffs because <laughs> – The Brooklyn game didn't, the last one, but that one did. Mm -hmm. Like, that was an important game for their seeding. And um, I, I, if I remember correctly, maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but it just felt like that – it almost felt like an exit. It just didn't feel real, bro. That shit felt like a fever yeah. dream. It was like – it felt like an all-star game, but it wasn't. It was just – it was crazy, bro. And then and mm -hmm. then Dwayne hit his fucking knee on the table, and then he thought he might not play. <laughs> but then to end his career with a triple double and the last assist being to, to Udonis Haslam, bro, you that can't. Is, yeah, that's what he deserved, man. He deserved that yeah. that send off. And 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 I do want to point out also, he's uh, he's up for um, Hall of Fame this year. Oh, he's gonna make. I it. don't want to like, uh, yeah, yeah he's gonna, huh? He's gonna make it. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, and so that's gonna be special. I, I didn't want us to end the show and not mention that. That's oh, gonna no, be a special good, moment yeah. too. And man, and you know when UD went up for that shot, I think we all knew it was going in. Oh yeah, hundred percent. First all, of all, UD doesn't miss that shot anyway. <laughs> I don't care how old he is, he's not missing that shot. Not, not a pass from D Wade. Yeah. Not, not no, in general, UD is not missing that shot. Yeah, no. Chad, I don't. Chat saying mentioned his game winner against the Warriors. Yeah, man, that was. Uh, yeah. If you were around for Heapy back then, man, we fucking milked the shit out of that, man. We we did so much with that. That was. I remember running. I, I that was a. I was running around my whole house. I wish I was there. That was, yeah, I mean, he, he, I was... He, you know what? I, I don't remember if Dwayne called it that or Ethan called it that, but I was, I was, we were working for five reasons at the time. And I remember Ethan said like, he just wants these moments, right? Like he's just really yeah. trying to focus on these like career moments. That, and like, that's one of his defining, I think, game winners. I mean, they, and I, do you remember after that warrior game, Durant and Steph and everyone was like, respect. That's mm -hmm. a legend. I don't care. Yeah. Who cares that we lost? Legend. Yeah. 100%. And I, there's like a small moment like I hope people end up remembering as Bam starts to ascend but then and I don't know if you remember this either but when Dwayne kind of got whipped playing him playing with him and Bam wasn't playing that much yet anyway 
But Wade would just throw these crazy no-look lobs just to challenge Bam to see if he could catch them. That was special for me to see, too. And I think that's one of those things that that's going to become more valuable as Bam gets better and better and becomes a bigger star. That little moment right there is going to become more valuable to people as it starts to get posted. Wade was like, he would just get into the paint and just like over his shoulder, just not even, probably not even know where the rim is to see if Bam could catch it. And I, so I think that's that 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 was great for me to see. Something I, I know we can end on is I think that a lot of us thought that Justice would be kind of this curator of culture, right? Kind of this, mm-hmm. a guy that took it very mm-hmm. seriously. I mean, a lot of people don't, and it kind of to bring this full circle, Winslow with another guy that you were either mm-hmm. with him or against him, and it was a culture war of like Justice better or you know, mm-hmm. Bustus, right? All, all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was a guy that, for better or for worse, took very seriously kind of what it meant to be a Heat player, what this organization mm-hmm. meant, and to carry the torch of culture. And I talked to him a lot about it. it you know, that was the, the season that I, I got to cover him, you know, pretty closely. And that was something that he took seriously. And, and playing with Dwayne, Dwayne meant a lot to him. He was very hurt when Dwayne left. When Dwayne came back, it meant a lot to him as well to kind of be that guy. And in reality, it's been Bam. And I think Bam playing with him, that mattered a lot for just the long-term mm-hmm. outlook of this franchise. I think him, that mistake Riley made, I, I think you see in all his decisions after that, I don't think he's ever going to do that again. That's why he gave Bam right. the extension before he had to. Mm-hmm. That's why he's not fucking around with Tyler and Jimmy. I think, you know, even in, in his old age, I think he learned a lesson at Nikki as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for Bam to have Dwayne and Udonis, and I know a lot of people shit on UD and probably he shouldn't, he probably stayed a, a couple seasons too long. I do think him being here helps kind of Bam in that transitionary role of being like, you know, when Jimmy's not here and Jimmy's just like culture personified, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's just how that man's built. But Bam is our guy who they drafted, who has played with the the two really cornerstone franchise faces in Dwayne and Udonis mm-hmm. about what it means to be a Heat player and, and Zoe's around the organization a lot too. So I I, yeah, I think that's important to, to kind of celebrate. Yeah. And if you remember too, Pat was very early in saying Bam is going to be the face of the franchise at some he, point. He was right. Uh, he yeah, tied, so he, so he, he, that was the plan the whole time. Uh, a couple things in chat. We'll get out of here. Schmidtin says, G making Kenny show up the day after MLK's birthday feels racist. <laughs> uh, Heatside says, you know, after they mentioned the, the, the Golden State game winner said that was Dwayne's real goodbye. Schmidtin then responds, we're all waiting for G's goodbye. <laughs> 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 goodbye, everybody. See you tomorrow. Remember, hangover time. Uh, pre-gaming, 7.30. Uh, game starts at 8. Hangover time. Following that for Heat Pelicans at 8 p.m. Uh, we'll see you there. Uh, I'm sure that everyone's going to make fun of me that I cried on air, and that's going to be hilarious. <laughs> uh, I love y'all, and uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch up uh, tomorrow for Heat Pels, hoping for a win and hoping you know, we, can, uh, we can stop agenda pushing. <laughs> it's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. 
Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 